This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Church of the Harvest, thank you for putting the Lord first. Uh, guys, we, at Church of the Harvest here, we're just a family of Christ followers. We love God, and because we love Him, we love people, and we serve the world as the hands and feet of Jesus. We have just simply found that we're stronger together than we are individually, and so we've chosen to link arms and fulfill God's purposes in the earth uh, together. We're just a small expression of the body of Christ. And guys, if you are part of the Harvest family, what is our vision? Make, grow, and equip followers of Jesus to fulfill their God-given purpose in life. And we do that through community, discipleship, and outreach. That's it. So guys, um, we're going to, uh, like I say, go um, uh, into a new short series uh, that um, we're beginning today. And, um, and it is called Emmanuel, God with us. How many of you are thankful for Emmanuel? God with us. And uh, this series will be concluded on Christmas morning. And I believe that's going to be a special time. Like Pastor Shauna said, it's going to be a shortened service. We, wanted, we made it from 10 to 11 because we want you guys to have time to get up and with your family and open gifts and whatever you guys, whatever your traditions are on Christmas morning. And also time for you to get to lunch. Some of you, uh, like we do many times, have a family Christmas lunch together and that kind of thing. So, um, so it is, we are going to have the kids in here with us. It's going to be a very special service. And, um, and we promise to keep it down uh, within an hour or so so that you have time to get to your family activities and everything else, but um, I just couldn't see uh, canceling Christmas, canceling service on Christmas Day, when it, especially falling on a Sunday. So, so, uh, so we're going to do that and look forward to having you guys here. But like I say, invite some folks because I believe it's going to be a great time together. <clears throat> so Emmanuel, God with us. You guys, I want you to follow along. If you've got your Bible, you can open up. We're, we're going to be a few different places actually, but um, I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 1 here in just a moment. And um, and uh, you can follow along in your notes. Uh, if if uh, you have the YouVersion Bible app, you can open that on your mobile device. And, uh, and if you hit more in events, it should open these notes right up and you can follow along from there. You can also scan the QR code on the back of the chair in front of you and it will take you to a link to the notes as well. But in Matthew 1.23, it says, look, everybody say, look. Do you know we got to look and see? We got to look and see what God is doing. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they shall call him what? Emmanuel, which means God is with us. We're starting this series, God with us. You know, I think that it's easy for us to believe that God is with us when things are going well. I think it's easy for us to believe that God is with us when things are going our way. Would you agree with that? You know, we get good news, or you get a raise, or I don't know, for some of you, you your, your, your baby sleeps through the night for the first time. Or sometimes it's as simple as you get that parking spot up close at the front of the door Target. You're like, yes, God is good, right? Woo, God is with us, right? Yes, God is so good. It's easy to sense the presence of God when things are good and you're having a mountaintop experience. Amen? Now, how many of you would agree that it's a little more difficult to experience God's presence sometimes when things are not going our way, when things are not going the way that we expect? I would say when we're not experiencing the mountaintop experience, instead we're experiencing the valley then sometimes it becomes a little more difficult. We don't find ourselves always as often saying God is good. 
or thinking, oh, God is with me right now. Things are going awful. Yes, God is with me. A lot of times that's not our first thought, is it? Maybe you get bad news. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you're concerned. Maybe you're even fearful in a moment. Sometimes God with us is not your first thought. And so um, I'm going to start these first week or two. I'm going to start from a little bit different position leading up to Christmas. But today we know that we serve a God of the mountaintops. But I want to start by talking about the God in the valleys. Everybody say God in the valleys. Why? Well, because we all experience valleys sometimes, do we not? We all walk through valleys sometimes. And it's amazing how things can be going so good in your life, and then one thing can happen in a moment, and you find yourself walking through a valley. You feel so close to the Lord in a moment. You're walking with him. Things are going awesome. And one thing happens, and all of a sudden, how quickly we can be in despair and going, oh, God, where are you? Where yesterday... We were walking like he, like he was right beside us, right? We were on a mountaintop. So much going on good, but one little thing, sometimes we allow to bring a weight and a heaviness into our lives that we weren't experiencing before. And I don't know how many of you, all of you experienced that at some time or another. Sean reminded me of back several years ago when... We had been through a lot of things. Y'all know I'd been through some health issues and things in my life. And we had incurred some debt. And she had to work and, and, and stuff trying to pay some of that debt and keep us afloat. And then her dad got cancer and, and he was going through that. But I began experiencing healing and getting better. And he actually was healed of cancer. And things are going forward. And we still had some of this debt. But now I was able to get a side job to help begin to pay that debt off. And things are only up and up and going really well for a year or two. And then I remember being, I was working this little job for a little computer shop here in town. And I remember Shauna calling and her, and her mom had just contacted her. Her mom called her crying and said, your dad's cancer is back. You just, how many of you have ever experienced that where it just kind of takes the wind out of you? You just saw the healing. You've been experiencing, you've been walking in it. You're on the up and up. Things are going good. Yes, Lord, you're with me. And all of a sudden, the wind gets knocked out of you. It's like, oh. It's amazing how quickly we can go from a mountaintop to a valley. And there's probably some of us here that right now your life seems really, really good. And maybe your finances are good and maybe your marriage is good. But, but maybe you got that one kid who keeps doing the crazy, stupid, what is wrong with him? And it's like he's just not listening to me and he's going off the deep end and you just don't understand. And it's a valley in your life, whatever the circumstance or situation may be. Or maybe you feel really close to the Lord right now and you feel like things are going good and, and, and all of a sudden you get news that, what? I'm getting laid off? It's Christmas time. Who does that? Or you're getting ready for the holidays to have all the family over and you get the call that grandma's sick and it doesn't look good. So, so many things can be good but there may be one or two things that can quickly bring us down into the valley. So we're talking about Emmanuel, God with us. And how many of you have asked the question in the valley before you said, God, where are you? God, where are you right now? Where are you? So let's talk about valleys for a minute. Valleys in the Bible generally represent a number of things and they're usually not good. Um, firstly, many times the valley is where the battle takes place. If you think of it, you guys remember the most famous story you guys could think of in this would probably be um, the story of David and Goliath. The Israelites were on one hill, Philistines were on the other, 
a battle happened in the valley, right? Uh, valleys many times were seasons. They were seasons of desperation. They were seasons of loneliness. And you know what's really interesting about valleys, though, is that generally valleys were also seasons of great growth. They would be stretched and they would be grown in the valleys. Many times we experience God. We feel like we experience God when we're on the mountaintops. But I would present to you that many times we experience God in a very different way when we're in the seasons in the valley, when we're passing through the valleys. You may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but you get to know him sometimes more intimately when you're walking through the valley than you do when you're on the mountaintop. We may know him and enjoy him when things are good, but we get to know him in a different way when we're walking through the valleys. So I'm going to go to Psalm 84, and this is where um, we're really going to spend the rest of this message. So if you have a Bible and you want to turn to Psalm 84, you can do that. And we're going to start in verse 5. And I'm going to jump around some different versions because I want you to see some different things. But, um, but I'm going to start to you reading from the NIV. But it says, here's what he says. He says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through, who's they? Those who put their strength in him, right? As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. And the autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Who is this? People who put their strength in the Lord. They will go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Now it says, it's talking about these people, these people who put their strength in the Lord, their heart is set, another version say their mind is set as they pass through the valley of Baca. Okay, so we just talked about valleys, what valleys can represent. So what is Baca? I didn't know I had to look this one up. I don't know what the world Baca is. Baca was actually a tree. And the Baca tree was known for excreting huge amounts of sap. So much so that it was said that it looked like it was weeping. Because there was so much sap running down the sides of this tree. And they said it looked like it was crying. And, and so... Other translations actually call it the Valley of Tears. Instead of the Valley of Baca, they call it the Valley of Tears. Other versions call it the Valley of Weeping. Other versions even call it the Valley of Loss. How many of you have ever walked through the Valley of Tears before? Again, many times we see valleys mentioned in the Bible, and they're generally, the valley is generally a dangerous place. In the valley, you find thorns and thistles, and you find wild animals. The valley is usually where there were thieves and robbers. They would hang out there, and they would wait for people to pass through so that they could rob them. It was generally, it was difficult to pass through the valley without something bad happening. Valleys could be very difficult to pass through. That's why Psalm 84, 5 says, blessed are those whose strength is in you as they pass through the valley of Baca. Now, if you're not a Christ follower and you don't know the Lord intimately, then there are probably times in your life when you have said, I've had enough of this. I can't take one more moment. I'm overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. I don't have enough. I don't have what it takes to make it through. And the reality is, if you don't know Christ and if he's not Lord and master of your life, then all you got is all you got. When you're at the end, yep, you're truly at the end. But for those who are Christ followers, guys, we have a strength that goes beyond we have a strength that goes beyond just what we have. 
We have access to a heavenly strength. That's why the Bible says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. We believe that when we get to the end of our strength, that we tap into his strength, into a divine strength, into a heavenly strength that sees us through. A strength from the Lord that is only available to those who know him. How many of you have ever, how many of you have ever lifted weights before? How many of you have ever gotten to the place, you stuck with it long enough that you started lifting heavy weights? You started adding more plates and more plates to the bar. And you picture yourself laying there doing the bench press, right? And you've added more plates than you've ever added before. Now, if you're wise, you're going to add somebody else to this equation. What do we call that person? The spotter. You better get your, how many of you have ever seen the YouTube videos of the guys who didn't have a spotter? It's actually dangerous. If you've ever seen the guys who drop it on their chest and they cannot breathe. It's on the chest. They cannot breathe. And, and you, you can watch the YouTube video. Some of them are funny as they're trying to slide to the side. It's like uh, trying, to, trying to get the plates to fall off or, or something. Uh, but you can get seriously injured if you don't have a spotter. And so you lift and you're, and you're getting number four and five and, and, and you get your spotter standing there. And now by the time you're getting to where it's getting really tough, you know, they've got their hands on that bar, right? They've got the hands under there. And if it's a friend or a trainer or somebody, they're going, come on, you got one more in you. You got one more. They'll say that three or four or five more times. One more, you, one more. Come on, let's go. And you're going, ah, six, ah, six, until you're just numb. I mean, you, you just, you've got nothing else to push. And by this time, they're doing most of the work, right? They're the ones pulling and you're just pushing as hard as you can. And they're giving like, you know, 15%, you're giving like 15% and they're giving like 85, getting it up, getting you to give one more until you rest it back in place. The spotter takes over. The good news is for those of us who are Christ followers, we have a power that's so much greater than any spotter that could ever exist. He has our back. When we hit the end of our strength, the Bible says that his, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness, right? Blessed are those whose strength is in you. When we hit the end of our strength, the Bible says that his strength is made perfect. If we're in the middle of a valley right now, if you're in the middle of a valley, you have access to the very real, ever-present power of God in your life. God who's available and ready to assist, to give you a spot in your time of need. Blessed are those whose strength is found in God. Guys, it doesn't say blessed are those who make it on their own. It doesn't say blessed are those who are really determined. It doesn't say blessed are those who cowboy up and pull themselves up by the bootstraps, right? Blessed are those whose strength is found in the Lord. Because our world today almost idolizes a spirit of independence, I don't want to need anybody. I want to be financially independent. I want to be my own man. I'm totally good on my own. I don't need you. I don't need anybody. I don't need God. I got it on my own. I don't need anybody. How many of you know we were not created to be independent? We were created to be dependent on God and we were created to be dependent on one another. 
We were not created to be independent. So blessed are you when you realize that you are dependent and that you have access to a power that's greater than yourself. Some of us, we need to lean into him and we need to admit it. I don't have what it takes to get through this. We got to put our pride down and admit it and say, Lord, I need your presence. I'm blessed when my strength is found in him rather than trying to be the man, right? In the New Living Translation, verse five says, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Anybody here headed to Jerusalem? What does that mean? I was looking at this. (laughs) Pilgrimage to Jerusalem. You may be in the valley, but it says here they were headed to Jerusalem. You know what Jerusalem was? We talked about this a few months ago. Jerusalem was a city of refuge. Now, I'm not going to go in and talk about cities of refuge again. You can go back and listen to that from a couple months ago. But, but Jerusalem was a city of refuge. You know, city of refuge can also be translated place of peace. How many of you are on a pilgrimage to the place of peace? One commentary I read said, to get to the city of refuge, to get to the place of peace, you had to travel through the valley of tears. Sometimes to get to where you appreciate the power and the presence of the Lord, you've got to push through a little bit of pain and you've got to be a little uncomfortable and you have to pass through the valley of Baca, the valley of tears. Because many times the valley, the pathway to to the place of peace goes through the valley of tears. We push through the valley. We're on a pilgrimage. Looking back at verse 5. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. It says, who have set their minds. Everybody say, my mind is set. It says, those who have set their minds on the pilgrimage. Blessed are those who have their minds set on the Lord. Why does this matter so much? Because what we think makes all the difference in the world. What we think really, really matters. Paul talks about a lot. If you look at what he said to the Colossian church, he said, set your mind on the things above, right? Not the things where? Not the things below. To the Philippian church, Paul said, if anything is excellent, praiseworthy, admirable, lovely, he said, think on such things because what we think is so important. What you do is one thing, but what you think is something else. What we think is really important. So I don't know what it is you're walking through. Maybe, maybe you're at a place, I've been at this place before. You ever been in a place where you had trouble sleeping for a season? Anybody been there? You ever had such trouble sleeping that you went to bed going, oh gosh, I hope I sleep tonight. You're already worried about it before you ever put your head down. You're already psyching yourself out before you ever put your head down on the pillow. What if instead we change the way we think? And we go to bed saying, God, I thank you that you are with me. I thank you that you are for me. I thank you that my mind is at rest. And your word promises peace and rest. And I receive that this night in Jesus' name. What if we change our thinking a little bit so that it lines up with God's word? Listen, you may be in the valley, but your mind can still be set on God. It better still be set on God. 
You know, you might have something going on. Your, your heart may be racing because of something that's concerning you coming up, and your heart, your, your mind can still be set on the Lord. Your soul may be aching. You may be grieving right now, and your mind can still be set on the Lord. Your emotions might be all over the place, but you can still set your mind upon the Lord. Christmas is coming up. And some of you are already thinking, there's so much to do. There's so much to do. What am I? So much pressure. So much pressure from work. So much pressure from family. What are we going to do? How are we going to pay for Christmas this year? What are we going to do? And on and on and on and on. And, or, or maybe you're walking through, maybe your valley is a true tragedy that you're walking through in your life. But you set your mind on God's goodness and you set it on his faithfulness. And you begin to say new things. You begin to replace the thoughts and the words that have been coming out of your mouth before. And you say, God, I thank you that you are with me. I thank you that you never leave me or forsake me. I thank you. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I thank you that you are always going before me. You're preparing a place for me as I walk forward. You give me strength when I am weak. I, I seek you in every moment of every day. God, I thank you that your word is a light into my path, a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And I thank you, Lord, that when I have no more strength, your power is with me. I thank you, Lord, that I set my mind on you. I set my mind on kingdom things. I'm on a pilgrimage to the place of peace. You begin to change your words. You begin to change your thoughts. You set your mind. And then in verse six, it says, when they walk through the valley of weeping, remember this is the new living, when they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. If, remember, remember God's promises are conditional. If, what does it say that we do? If our strength is found in him, when you walk through the valley of Baca, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will close it with blessing. Guys, the valley might be where you're at right now, but the valley is not your destination. You're just passing through. You don't camp out in the valley. You don't make your home there. You keep your eyes set on Jesus. You keep your thoughts and your, and your, and your words right. And you move forward and you walk with him. You're journeying to the place of peace. You're just passing through. You set your eyes on him. You set your mind on him and know that he's going to get you through. Y'all remember in Psalm 23, what does David say? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear not. Why? Because you are with me, right? I may be in the valley, but I'm just passing through. It may be a difficult time, but God's going to see me through. I may be hurting right now, but I'm not going to be hurting forever. Father is going to walk me through this. And I'm going to come out the other side victorious, stronger than I went in. I may feel like I'm in a dark place right now, but it's temporary, and there's light on the other side of this tunnel. And Father's walking with me, right? Now, sometimes you find yourself right in the middle of it, right in the thick of it, and all you want is out, right? Lord, save me. I want out. I can't take another moment. Make it stop. I can't take it anymore. I need you to save me. I need you to deliver me. What we find many times in those moments is that very often the Lord shows us, again, that the place of peace is through the valley. We have to navigate the valley, and it's not hard to navigate the valley when we're following him. Remember, you're just passing through. Back to verse 5 and 6 again. I'm going back to the NIV. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage, moving forward to the place of peace. As I pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The King James says they make it a well. Now, 
what do you do if you're in a dry place? What would you do? You would dig a well. Now, in the Bible, a well was basically just a source of water. A well um, could be, well, like we've already used to seeing, like they've dug down to a water source. Or um, a well can actually, could actually be a spring that they know of. They would go to the well and, and, and receive from the spring. Uh, a well could also be a hole they dug, like a cistern that would, that, would, that would collect rainwater. These could all be wells that were referred to back then. So the Bible says they make it a well walking through the valley of tears. You may feel like you're in the valley. And I would encourage you, some of us, we need to stop and we need to dig a well. We need to dig a deep well. We need to make room because the rain of God is falling. When you're dry and you feel alone and you're hurting, you make room in your life for the presence and the provision of God. You make room for him. You dig a well and you declare, my God, you are all that I need. You are my source. So God says, listen, God says, show me your faith. Let me tell you this. If you dig a well, God will fill it every time. You remember the, uh, remember the field of dreams? What was the voice always whispering? If you build it, they will come. Yeah. Hear God saying that. If you make room for me, if you dig a well, I'll fill it and you'll be refreshed. If you act in faith, if you trust me, I'll show up. Show me your faith. I'll show you my faithfulness. Faith requires action, does it not? You guys remember, remember when Jesus encountered the man with the withered hand? Jesus could have looked at that man and he could have said, be healed. And a guy would have been like, oh, I'm healed. Instead, what did he say? He didn't say be healed. He never said it. He said, stretch forth your hand. I think if Jesus said that a lot of people today, they'd be like, are you stupid? You can see here, I can't move my hand. Jesus didn't say be healed. He said, move your hand. He said, stretch it out. And the guy began to move. And the Bible says that as he did, he received his healing. Remember when Jesus came to the lame man who's laying on the mat? He could have said, be healed. And the guy would have jumped up. Instead, Jesus just said, get up and pick up your mat. He never told him to be healed. <laughs> Amen? He says, get up and prove to me that you have faith in me and you believe that I can heal you. Get up and do it. Get up and do what you couldn't do. Show me your faith. I'll show you my faithfulness. If you dig it, he will fill it. I was thinking this. If you plant it, he will grow it. Some of you are believing for a harvest in your life, but you haven't planted any seed. Harvest doesn't come without planting a seed. You know what seed, you know what seed costs? It costs money. You've got to go spend money when you have almost nothing and buy seed. And you're bu what you're buying is faith. <laughs> that you're planting in the ground. God says, plant it. Actually, he gives us the seed. He says, plant the seed and I'll bring forth the harvest. When you're in a dry place, you make a well. You open yourself up 
to the presence and the provision of God. Show me your faith, I'll show you my faithfulness. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Seek me and you will find me. Make room for me and I'll reveal myself to you. You may be here and you haven't sensed the presence of the Lord in your life in a long time. And I would tell you, it's time to dig a well. And I believe it's time to say, God, I'm going to slow down and I'm going to get in your presence and I'm going to allow you to fill me up. I'm going to allow your rain to come. I'm going to prepare for your provision and for your presence in my life because if you dig it, he'll fill it. You know, by the way, something I was thinking yesterday, do you know you may desperately need an encounter with the Lord but rarely does the Lord reveal himself to us when we are rushed. Rarely does he reveal himself when we rush him. I was thinking about Moses in the burning bush. Can you imagine if Moses was trucking by at full speed on his donkey, I don't know, whatever he was riding, and he sees this burning bush, and he's like, whoa, it's a burning bush. And he grabs out his iPhone, he snaps a picture for Snapchat, and he keeps on trucking. It's not the way God works. God invites us to slow it down. God says, come and sit with me for a while. He told Moses, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. Sit for a while. Come be with me. Be still. Know that I am God. Make room for me and allow me to fill you. Because if you dig it, I will fill it. If you seek me, you will find me. If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Trust me and know that I am God. Trust me that I'm a good father. Some of you, it's time to slow down and meet with him. You may be traveling through a valley right now. And you're just trucking through full speed, trying to get out of valley as fast as you can. And he's saying, slow down and sit with me for a minute. Sit down for a moment. Let me fill you up. And you just stop and you say, God, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to believe you. I believe you're going to reveal yourself to me because I need you right now. Sometimes when you're going through a tough time, sometimes you need to get away. Sometimes you need to get away from the voices and you just got to find peace. I remember a period in my life quite a number of years ago where there was all kinds of different things. Some of the things I was talking about earlier that we were going through and different things. And I remember telling Shauna one morning, one afternoon, I just said, I'm getting away for a day or two. She said, where are you going? I don't know. <laughs> I ended up throwing a tent in the back of the car and our dog. And I actually drove down to Waldox. It was the middle of the week. Nobody there had the whole campground. And I camped a tent there for two nights. And I walked the dog and I talked to the Lord. Sometimes we got to get away in the midst of what's going on. Some of you, you may not have much time. Some of you, you just need to take a Saturday morning. And you need to fast a meal. You need to get away from everybody else. And you just need to seek the Lord. You need to dig a well and allow him to fill you up. Because God meets us no matter where we're at. God meets us in the valleys. We enjoy him so much on the mountaintops, but many times we get to know him much more intimately in the valleys. 
as I hope you understand, that God never promised that you wouldn't go through a valley. He just promised you wouldn't go through it alone, right? God with us, and the virgin will be with child, and his name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. What does this psalm tell us? As we find our strength in him, as we travel through the valley of Baca, through the valley of tears, it will become a place of springs, springs of fresh living water. Verse 7, Psalm 84, verse 7, it says, and they go, and who, who is it again? People who find their strength in him, that are passing through the valley of tears. They see it become a place of springs, and it says in verse 7, and they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Blessed are those whose strength is found in you. We, we, those who, whose strength is found in him says they go from strength to a little bit more strength, to more of God's strength, to more of his strength, to more of his strength, to more of his strength, until the day that we appear before him. That sounds like a promise if I've ever heard one. They go from strength to strength. Not our strength, his strength, right? You know, I, you know, I just was thinking about even our family in moments when we've had to trust in the Lord for our strength. In those moments that I talked about, as, as we were dealing with health issues and health issues in the family and different things like that, and in moments like I was talking about when finances were tough, we're going, oh man, we uh, got to get another job and, and, and figure out, you know, what, what we're going to do here. And, and that we're having to lean in, we're having to trust in the Lord, you know, with our family, just like you guys, you even... We, we've talked about our son Aaron enough times. The times, he's nodding his head, he knows. Uh, the, the, uh, we, we were thinking about trying to find a Christian boot camp, send him off to. It's like, Jesus, help. Because we didn't know, we were just emotional and, you know, like wanted to give up sometimes. Going from strength to strength. Guys, you experience that in your jobs. We experience it in the church, Honestly. You know, we don't get up here and talk about the discouragement that we experience, but guys, there's plenty of it. There's days we wake up and we hear bad news again about something happening in somebody's family and something that happened. And it's like, God, are, are you moving? Are you making any kind of difference? Is anybody hearing the good news? Is anybody following you? Trust me, there's days you want to throw in the towel, Right? But our strength is found in him. And we go from strength to strength to strength to strength. We don't rely on our own strength. We rely on his strength. Our God is the God of the mountaintops, but thank God he's also the God of the valley. He's good on the mountaintop and he's just as good in the valleys. We praise him even in the valley. We may enjoy him on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. In the valleys is generally where he reveals his character and his faithfulness to us. We can sense his strength many times in a way that we couldn't sense it otherwise. Why? Because we're at our end. We're at the end of ourselves. We're at our wits end. We don't have anything else to put our faith and trust in but him. And suddenly we realize he was there all along. <laughs> and we had expended all this energy and all this strength and all this emotion when we should have stopped and dug a well and spent time in his presence because he was there all along. We lean on him and remember that we're just passing through. He's a good God and we're going to the place of peace. I don't know where you're at right now, but you may feel weak and you may feel tired and you may feel burnt out and exhausted. But in the middle of your weakness, the Bible says that he is your strength. 
He is the light in the darkness. He's the joy in our troubles. He's a comforter in the midst of pain. That's who our God is. We pass through the valleys. And even in the valley, we don't fear because as David said, he is with us. <laughs> the same God that's good to us in the mountain is good to us in the valley. Remember, you won't be there forever. You're just passing through on the way to peace. So trust him. Allow him to lead you out. He's present to take you from strength to strength. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear not, for you are with me. Who is he? He is Emmanuel, God with us. Again, the greatest news, the greatest hope that the world has ever known. God is with us. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up and invite the worship team to come up as we close. Y'all just stand up together with us and listen, guys. I just really want to stand with you guys who feel like you're going through a valley right now. There may be a hundred things good in your life, but you see one area of your life where you're like, man, I have been trucking through the valley in this area of my life for a long time. I've been trucking through it too long. And you're out of strength. Is there anybody, is, anybody just be bold and agree that there's a, there's a place in your life right now that's a valley. Just lift up your hand boldly. Say, there's an area in my life that's a valley that I'm, that I'm walking through. Let's just all bow our heads for just a moment. Guys, I want you to visualize yourself walking through this valley. You may be walking through the place of tears. But I want you to visualize right now the Father walking right along beside you. You may be out of strength. You may be so tired. You may say that you're just done. But he is your strength. So I want you to picture him there right now. I want you to picture his arm around you as you walk. I want you to picture him illuminating the path ahead of you. I want you to picture him leading you toward the light at the end of the tunnel. And I want you to say in your heart, say, Lord, I trust you. I want you to say, Lord, I'm walking with you. Lord, I'm following you. You are with me and I'm allowing you to lead me out. God, I thank you for these that admit that they're walking through a valley right now. And I thank you, Lord, that you are with them and you are everything that they need. Lord, as they seek you, your word promises that they find you. So I just ask, Lord, even right now that you would reveal them yourself to them in Jesus' name. That they wouldn't see the circumstances and the things happening around them. That they would see you, Lord. They would see you leading and guiding them. God, they would stop. That they would slow things down just a little bit. They would stop rushing along. And they would dig a well by getting in your presence. Sitting at your feet. Putting aside the hustle and the bustle. Making time for you. Making room for you in their heart. And in their life, they would stop and they would express their need for you. They would tell you, they would thank you for the answer before they ever see you move.
a good scripture. Our elders Robert just sent Romans 16, 20 from the Passion. And the God of peace will swiftly pound Satan to a pulp under your feet. And the wonderful favor of our Lord Jesus will surround you. Receive that promise, guys. As you find your strength in him. As you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Don't slow down. Don't give up. Keep moving forward with him. When you find yourself out of strength, let him come in and be your spotter. Let him take over from here. May his strength be yours. If you're here and you haven't received Jesus, then like I said, all you got is all you got. And if you're at the end of the strength, your strength, there's nothing else to give. But if you'll just bow your knee to Jesus, if you'll just say yes to him, you'll find your strength is multiplied an infinite number of times over. And that he'll give you a grace to walk through any and every situation that you encounter in this life. Now, it's an act of faith. You've got to quit relying on your own intellect and your own know-how and your own pride, and you've got to put your faith and hope in Jesus. And then you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, and you've got to be willing to say yes, Lord, and submit to him and his way. But if you've never bowed your knee to Jesus, that's not your hope. I would encourage you today, guys. One, repent. Turn from those things in your life. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the standard. Repent and turn from those things in your life that are unpleasing to him. Trust that Father knows best and choose to do things his way. Receive Jesus as Savior of your life. Believe that he died paying the price for your sin and your transgressions and that he rose again. Make him Savior and Lord and then follow him. Follow him all the days of your life. Never looking to the left or the right, never turning back. Follow him. Do things his way and trust him and your life will never be the same again. You will always find strength when you reach the end of your rope. You'll find the beginning of God's infinite rope. (laughs) There will be more and more strength. You will go from strength to strength to strength to strength in the midst of the hardest trials, in the midst of grieving, in the midst of disappointments. He will be everything that you need. With every head bowed, if that's you, I just encourage you today, if you recognize today that your heart is not surrendered to Jesus, he's not Lord of your life, I just want you to lift up your hand, lift it up boldly. Anybody here that would say, I need to make Jesus Lord of my life today? Anybody at all? You may be watching online and you would say, you know what, I recognize that I'm living my life for myself, I'm I'm doing things in my own strength and I'm not very successful at it because I'm at the end of my rope. And and I, I recognize that my strength is gone, I'm tired, I'm burnt out, I can't give anymore. And I need Jesus to be my strength. 
I invite you today, I'm gonna pray a short prayer. And if you mean it with all your heart, everything will change. The sacrifice that Jesus paid for your sin will be applied to your life and God will see you washed white as snow. You know what the Bible says? You'll be a new creation. And yes, one day heaven will be your home. But today, as you still walk through valleys sometimes on the earth, he's gonna be with you and he's gonna be adding strength to strength to strength to strength and giving you the grace to walk through each and every circumstance that you encounter in this life. That, that, that you just pray with me, just pray, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for Jesus. I recognize I'm lost and I'm dead in my sin. I owe a debt I can never repay. I've tried doing things my way and I recognize and admit I'm an utter failure. So today, Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. I ask you to be my savior, be my king. I believe that you died in my place, that you took my punishment and then you rose from the grave because even death could not hold you. So today I put my trust in you. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my master. I'll follow you all the days of my life. And just ask the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, fill me. And empower me to be everything you called me to be. I'll follow you to the end in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, that's you. Actually, I, even now, I want to ask our prayer partners to come down. It's our pastors, elders, senior leaders, if y'all would come down to the sides. Um, and, and I want to invite you guys, as we, as we sing one more time, we sing this chorus a couple more times. I want to encourage you, if you need prayer, I want to encourage you to come down and let somebody pray with you. Maybe you surrender your heart to Jesus. Come and tell somebody. Let them talk to you. Let them pray with you. But even if you're just there in your seats and you just recognize that you're just in a season of your life where you're just walking through a valley and things seem so tough. As we sing this Christmas hymn, I want you to focus on Emmanuel, God with us, and make it personal. Begin to thank him and say, God, I thank you that you are with me and that you are faithful. You're the God of the mountaintop and you're the God of the valley. And I may be walking through a valley right now, but I know that you're with me and I trust you to lead me through and lead me out. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be better than I was on the other side than I was coming in. And just begin to trust him and put your faith in him. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You